Balance is a myth. And for years, I fought for balance and ended up wasting time and energy on false notions of perfection. After anxiety attacks, bouts with depression and health issues, I had to learn to flow with the inevitable imbalance. I learned that being perfectly imperfect was okay. Disrupting balance is for real women who are exhausted with fighting for balance. It is for you, your life, your experience, your truth, and all of the chaos in between. I am Hanifa Barnes, and I am disrupting balance by finding harmony in the imbalance of work, well-being, and the in-between. Find me, follow, and subscribe at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. Welcome, Disrupting Balance listeners. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever shifted the trajectory of your life with one sentence and a period? Well, for my season eight guest opener with Shanisha Dotson, that's exactly what she did. She knew when it was time to let go and follow her God-given purpose. Shanisha walked away from her six-figure job and was ready to pursue that purpose. But life got in the way, dealing with her own personal issues, a major accident, financial woes, and so much that would have her want to change course to go back to the life she once knew. But she didn't. She had the gumption to move across country during a pandemic and continue in the pursuit of her dream. And in celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday and all of the dreamers who push beyond in spite of the circumstances, I give you Shanisha, a playwright, an author, a doll maker, a business owner, and all around bad mama jamma. So Shanisha, welcome to the Disrupting Balance podcast. I'm so excited to have you because you have a story to tell. So what is that story? Let's jump right in. All right. Well, my name is Shanisha Dotson and I'm best known from walking away from my six-figure income to pursue my God-given purpose in the arts. And when you say you walked away from a six-figure income, like, tell us what that is. Like, because people have heard the phrase, I walked away, but what did that mean for you when you walked away? What were you leaving behind? What was the impact? Who had something to say? Let's start off with everybody had something to say. (laughs) Because, you know, coming from humble beginnings and then, you know, making that six-figure mark. People think like, are you crazy? What are you doing? Why are you walking away from a good job to step into the unknown? But in my heart, I felt that I was doing the right thing. You know, I prayed about it and then I had just a sense of peace. And I went to work and I wrote one sentence. I plan to resign effective October the 15th, 2015. And then I hit send on the email. I knew from that point, chaos was about to erupt because I was good at my job never had any issues at all. So I was prepared for that because I was like, okay, somebody's about to reach out. And that's exactly what happened. Shanisha, who did something to you? What's wrong? How can we fix it? And, you know, I had to explain it was time for me to let go of this. I was good at my job, but it wasn't my life's purpose. And did you find during that time you were making the six figures? I mean, did you 
have those trappings of making six figures, like all the things now you can buy, you can do. And then to walk away from that, did, did you feel some type of separation or grief after kind of losing that identity? So no grief, but I was worried about other people. Like, will these people be able to survive? Because I was helping out a lot of people, paying people's rent, paying people's electric bills. And I'm like, are these people going to be okay? Because I believed in myself and my ability. So I knew I was going to be fine, but it was more so worrying about everyone else. Will they be able to survive? Will they be able to stay above water? And so that sentence that you wrote, did it just come off the dome or was it like, okay, let me figure out the words I want to say, how I want to say them. What was that process like? I prayed about it and I got up that morning and I said, I felt like 10 pounds have been, you know, removed from my chest. And so I just went in and freestyled. They got one sentence and a period at the end. <laughs> that was it. I was done. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes that's the best way to do life. You know, there are those instances where you do literally just have to freestyle it and put yes. the period on the end. Yes. If not for everybody else, at least for you. So you have that assurance in your spirit that this yes. was the right thing that you needed to do. So that that's pretty powerful. So then you quit your job and then you end up on this very interesting journey that found a lot of triumph, but just as much challenge. So let's take it from the beginning and where the triumph of uh, the challenges started once you walked away from the job. And so once I walked away, it was it was my health. I started to have health issues. So, you know, once you you leave your job, you can kind of estimate, OK, I need to pay this much for my mortgage, this much for my car payment. And then you don't really think about the cost of health insurance. So in my case, I had health insurance, um, but those bills started to pile up. Because you're not really expecting, hey, once I quit my job, I got over one sickness. Now I'm about to get sick again because you can't really predict that. And health issues, it started to take a toll on me. And so that was more so of the, the challenging part. How could I navigate around this? You know, what's going to be this outcome? It was scary at times, but I had faith. OK, I'm going to get through this. But then again, I was also saying, am I about to die? Is this the end? So. That was a lot of like challenge with that. You're trying to stay positive, but then again, you know, your family's history with cancer and different things like that. And so for the listeners, help them understand what was your, your first issue, because okay. it, it, it's, it's quite, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And it's not one of the most common ones you hear, especially in our community. So what was the first issue and how did you work through all of that? So the first issue, I just started to get sick. The left side of my body was swell. Um, they was checking my heart and they was like, there's no issues with your heart. But then it would get to the point where I couldn't walk sometimes. I would have to lay down because my left side was just not cooperating. And then I ended up going back to Arkansas for a doctor's appointment. And they ran some tests. We don't see anything wrong. I went back overseas maybe two or three months later. My mom reaches out. The doctor just reached out to me. They think you have a brain tumor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they was like, we think you have a brain tumor. So I went, got MRIs, and it was a tumor. So now you're living with the fact, hey, I got this on my brain. Like, what is going on? So it ended up being benign, and they gave me medicine for that. So I got past that. Still have little issues here and there. 
And then fast forward a couple of years later, I find um, a, a lump in my right breast. And I go to the doctors and she knows my family's history with cancer. She's like, we want you to go get this checked out. So I go to the doctors. They do, um, you know, they run all these different tests and things, mammograms, all that. And then the doctor tells me it's spreading. She was like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's cancer. It's malignant. You know, it's spreading because benign tumors don't spread. So I went home that weekend and I told my family, you know, they think that it's cancer, but I have to get a few more things done. So for a whole weekend, I just, I thought I had cancer. So I get back and the doctor reaches out. She was like, we got the test results back and it's benign, but that's kind of weird because it's spreading. And she said, it's so big, we still want you to get it removed because cancer may be behind it. And I'm kind of stubborn at times. So I'm like, okay, it's benign. It's not hurting anything. And then something said, go and get it removed. So my mom came into town and we went to um, for me to have surgery. So I got it removed, went back for my follow-up. And the doctor was like, you got to have surgery again. You know, the type of tumor that you have is rare. Less than 1% of the people in the world will have it. It actually goes from benign to malignant. So if it's any tissues or anything left behind, it's going to be cancer. So I was like, okay, go back in, get that one removed. So the doctor team are looking like, we just saw you. You was just here. Why are you back? I was like, something rare. So I'm telling them what it is. They've never heard of it before. Um, but we had that surgery and it ended up being successful. And so from brain tumors to, to rare breast tumors, it was a challenge. So you start out first, it was a brain tumor. Then a couple years later, you have an issue with your breast that you first, the doctor first says is malignant and then tells yes. you it's benign. So between yes. all of that, what were you doing professionally with your dream? Were you able to even start anything or were you just really dealing with the the, the cancers? I was dealing with... Um those tumors. Um, because when a breast tumor came around, um, I was working as like a contract investigator. So in Texas, you get three doctor bills everywhere you go. So them doctor bills were piling up. So every time I saw a doctor, that's three bills. So that that's a lot of money, even with insurance. And then they want you to pay for half of the surgery up front. So paying for that. And then the contracting company, they lost their contract. So that was the main source of income at that time. And that was taken away. And then after all that, I ended up having a car wreck, messed my back up. And then once I started to feel better, I was like, I'm about to live my life. Because it seemed like everything was going downhill. I'm about to live my life. And so I ended up going to Egypt to visit one of my friends, fell over there in a historical church and almost broke my ankle. So doctor bills after doctor bills after doctor bills. And so I prayed about it. And I was, and God said, move. And so I didn't know if I was supposed to go east. I didn't know if I was supposed to go west, but I always wanted to move to the West Coast, but the timing was never right. And so I prayed about it. And everywhere I applied for jobs, I got job interviews. The East Coast was familiar because that's where all my friends are. I lived on the East Coast for a decade. All my friends are on the East Coast, but God said, go west. East Coast offered me double 
what the West Coast offered. But God said, go West. So during the middle of the pandemic, I packed up my things. I moved West. Being on my job about three months, they say, Shanisha, we've been fighting for a pay increase for three years. It's finally approved. And I started laughing. I said, everything that God, you know, everything that was taken away, God gave it back to me and some. And it was like everything was peaceful from that moment. But leading up to that, it was just it was chaos. It was disruption. You know, everything that was considered my norm was kind of shaken up. But I still had to have strong faith and stay the course that everything was going to work out. And it did. Wow. And did at any point during that rough patch, did you feel like I should have stayed at my job? Did, Did that ever surface in your mind? And that never crossed my mind because when I wrote that email, that one sentence, that was peace. You know, we had a lot of um, issues with health. But once I walked away from that job as a writer, I did a lot of things that I I feel God let me do because I was obedient. You know, I walked red carpets with A-list black celebrities, the who's who. I had a play open up off Broadway. We had a successful run. You know, I won a play in New um, Play Award in New York. So I felt like all those things happened because I was obedient. But then again, I look at it. I feel like sometimes God will reset your life. If you're getting off a course or just to get you refocused or to elevate you, sometimes he will reset your life. Because even with the breast, it was just like the the head tumor all over again. It was like familiar territory. Wow. And so you were obedient. You moved west. In spite of what everything you saw about the East and how much better it appeared, you went with what you couldn't see because of faith. You get out there, the raise happens because you're working. And then what are your first steps towards pursuing the dream? So what I did was, you know, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I was in isolation. So I was writing books. I created a doll. Um, I shot a short film. I'm getting ready to shoot my next short film. So I was in isolation. So I was just being creative. Everything I wanted to do, I did it. Wow. All that within this period of the pandemic. Yes. So let's let's talk about your the company you also created, the name of it, and what was the inspiration and what the company does. So my new company is Brilliant Girl. It's an inspiration hub for black and brown girls. And we're also bringing more diversity and inclusion into the doll market. So my goal was to create a company that will uplift, you know, little girls. Because I look at my life and think about, you know, what was I missing? Because I grew up in a small town. And when you grow up in a small town, there's not a lot of inspiration there. You just have those four walls of the of that small town. And I was always a dreamer. I was always a go-getter. I was always ambitious. And I knew the world had a lot to offer. So now being out in the world and experiencing a lot, I think it's important to bring that back to little girls who may not be able to travel or may not have anyone in their household who graduated from college. So I want to introduce them to STEM programs and introduce them to scholarships and different programs that I didn't know anything about to kind of help them level the playing field in the world. And so you're you're taking care or want to take care of your community and community of young girls. How are you taking care of yourself now, especially considering 
your health history, and also considering, I'm sure, the hectic schedule that you have based on these pursuits. How do you take care of yourself? So I take care of myself by putting myself first. I have no problem saying no, because sometimes I will pull myself too thin and I can't help everybody at once. I have to put myself first. So that's my biggest part of my self-care is me putting me first. That's good. So I'm curious to know about the stage plays, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, a lot of us are familiar with this, the stage play industry and how it is a huge um, and lucrative industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks know, I think when Tyler Perry came on the map, it really solidified that market for the mm-hmm. stage play industry and lots of um, black people trying to do that. So mm-hmm. talk to me about your journey to, first of all, even have the audacity to want to do it <laughs> and then writing it and then pulling it together. And you've also mm-hmm. traveled with this thing, mm-hmm. the stage play. So let's talk about that process. So my process started in high school. My teacher gave me a narrative assignment. You had three times to perfect your score. And I made a 100 every time. I wrote about one of my uncles and his infamous vehicle that he nicknamed Martha Ann. And so from there, I kind of found my love for writing. And I just continued on. So one day I said, I wanted to see my words come to life. So I founded my company, Black Girls Productions. And from there, um, I wrote my plays. I did the casting, flew people in from all across the United States. And we toured across the the United States. And so my shows always have some type of message in it, um, forgiveness. It also brings awareness to those issues that are uncomfortable for people to talk about. Infidelity, uh, molestation, um, drug use, and different things like that. So I always try to bring awareness to some type of key issue that affects our community. But that's Black Girls Productions. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you even talk about the kind of our community's misconceptions around health? Because a lot of times we won't go to the doctor to get our checkups. We won't take care of ourselves. We won't make that extra effort to eat right or exercise. And, you know, it ends up being obviously to our detriment. So do you incorporate some of that in your plays or you do it in other ways or both? So it's incorporated in my plays. I have a play now that I need to type up and that's what it's dealing with. Health issues. You got the big mama. She got high cholesterol. She got high blood pressure. She got diabetes. And then you have a teenager who's pregnant and her family gives her such a hard time. The little girl leaves and ends up um, going into labor early and she ends up dying while giving birth. So it's bringing awareness too to the amount of you know black women that died during childbirth. So we're doing health issues for the next play. So hopefully um, we'll do some type of professional recording next year. If COVID slows down, we may do a small tour, but it just depends on you know where the world is next year. And let's talk about the doll prototype because I was intrigued when you mentioned that because as you know, growing up, um, it, well, my generation specifically, there weren't as many dolls on the shelf that looked like me. There were a few, but, mm-hmm. but not many like now. And so I was really intrigued to hear about this doll because even with all of the women I've talked to, I've never heard kind of this lens of bringing your dream to life. Why the doll? Who inspired you? And, you know, 
what do you hope to achieve with bringing this doll to market? So the name of my doll is Sugar Mama. She is um, a black superhero. My four-year-old niece, who I nicknamed Sugar Mama, is who inspired the doll. So she loves a good bedtime story. So I wrote a book called The Adventures of Sugar Mama. And then I turned that character into a real doll. Most little girls would say, oh, I love the book so much. or Oh, I want to be Sugar Mama. So I thought, how could I bring Sugar Mama into more households? How can I actually have a Sugar Mama they can feel, they can touch, they can play with, that they can look at and see themselves in this doll? Because a lot of little girls say, oh, she looks like me. She looks like me. And I was like, that right there is a response that I wanted. And I also want the little girls to know that representation matters. You should be able to see yourself in every aspect of the world, you know, whether it be walking into the stores, seeing a doll that looks like you on a shelf, or seeing yourself as the protagonist in a superhero book or in any type of animation. So I wanted them to feel seen, to feel heard, and to know, hey, I matter too. I can I can accomplish anything that I want to in life. Even if it means creating a doll that looks like me. That's that's awesome. Awesome. So I, I guess also I, I'm curious hearing your story in this journey. All of the people that had questions when you walked away from your six figure job, like, is everything OK? Are you I mean, did something happen? How or what are their thoughts now? Have you separated from some of those relationships or you maintain them and it's just blossomed. Tell me about that. Most of them have blossomed. Maybe one or two I separated myself from because it was still like a lot of negative energy, just negative people. But overall as a whole, they high five and now keep going. You inspired me. (laughs) You doing it. I can do it now too. So that's kind of cool to see, you know, even though that journey wasn't like a straight path, it's still inspiring people because it's not going to be easy. You're going to have good days, bad days, but keep going. You'll get to the end. And what would you define as, because you had a lot of these moments that we've heard um, in your life, but what would you define as uh, the greatest moment of imbalance? That moment where you almost felt like, I just can't take this anymore something's got to give. What was that moment for you in your life? I think that moment would probably be um, with the breast tumors because that hit me pretty hard. Like I had been through a lot, but when I had those breast tumors, that back to back, and then because at that point it felt like everything was crashing down on me at once. You know, your savings pretty much gone. You're getting bills after bills after bills. You know, mentally, hey, I got a breast tumor and it's 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 about the size of an apple now and just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Then the car wreck, then almost breaking my ankle is like I got hit at once. So that was probably the biggest um moment, a moment in my life right there. And what did you find was most influential in carrying you through all of that? Because when I hear that, my first thought is you definitely didn't carry yourself because mm-hmm. if you depended on yourself, you probably wouldn't be here today. So mm-hmm. what was the biggest influence that carried you through all that? It was my faith. My faith was the biggest influence. I prayed. I listened. I was obedient and I came out of it. I mean, that's simply stated, just like the sentence you put with the period on the end before you sent that mm-hmm. email. And simply stated, you know, mm-hmm. um, I do imp- appreciate 
there's so much nuance and complexity to your story, but it's still very simple. You know, it basically says you have a dream and in proclaiming that dream, of course, all this stuff comes up against you, but you stay obedient. And now you're starting to reap the benefits of that obedience. You know, what is kind of, you know, the person or, or thing that really just inspires you to keep going? I would have to say my mother, you know, I've seen my mother work two jobs most of my life and she's a go-getter. No matter how hard times got, she never gave up. She always found a way to make something out of nothing. So she's a big part of my, of like my inspiration. She always has my back. She is very supportive. Any and everything I have going on, she's going to stop what she's doing. She's going to be on the movie set. She's going to be at every play. She didn't push this sugar mama doll like she created it herself. Like mama's always, always there. You know, she show up and I appreciate that. And I love her for that. But that's that's my biggest inspiration. Yeah, that's a huge blessing. I mean, there's nothing like mama. Mm-hmm. So when she listens to this, I just want to, you know, definitely shout her out and say thank you. Because now because of her, I get to talk to you today mm-hmm. and you get to share your testimony with the Disrupting Balance listeners. So I'm, I feel very honored for that. So where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more about what you're doing? You can find me on social media at B-L-K-G-R-R-L-Z 12, Black Girls 12. Um, if you want to know more about my Brilliant Girl company, www.thebrilliantgirl.com. If you want to do plays, you want to act, interested in things like that, you can find me at www.blackgirls, with a Z on the end, productions.com. I am Shanisha Dodson. I am disrupting balance by being my true and authentic self. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I truly, truly appreciate you and know that I am working to build a community of balance disruptors. Those are women who are working to find harmony in the imbalance of work well-being and the in-between. And if you're interested in joining, go to www.disruptingbalance.com and you'll get occasional emails and messages around health, harmony, and mindset to get you through the imbalance of your day. You can also follow me on social media at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. Or if there is a particular topic you want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a message at info at disruptingbalance.com. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It truly helps us to grow and move forward and disrupt balance. Talk soon.